Hello, everybody. Your old pal, Justin Robert Young here. So uh, this episode was completed and went out to uh, the $3 club on the don't take politics seriously dot com while I was leaving Philadelphia on Sunday night. So now as I speak to you on the eve of Monday, which is when this is going to go out for everybody on the free feed, there are a few things that I should add to what you are going to hear. The first is this. Kathy Barnett, who obviously has been a little bit elusive. She is the dark horse that is in this uh, Pennsylvania Senate race. Did do a Q&A with reporters. It was fairly unremarkable. And as you're going to find out, the lack of press attention, I think, was more on the side of the Mastriano campaign. But she has been the subject of a few more slings and arrows. Uh, pictures of her at the January 6th protest have surfaced. Some of them have her next to people in Proud Boys regalia. So she's faced questions on that. She has continued to be hit, uh, effectively trying to damage her as somebody who would lose in the general election. Speaking of the general election... As you're going to find out, we try to go hunt down uh, John Fetterman, the lieutenant governor of Pennsylvania. He is the all but assured candidate on the Democratic side. He's blowing out Connor Lamb. We are unsuccessful in this podcast, and you can hear some of the details of what was happening when I went to go to one of his events. We are told that he is sick. What we found out only hours after I published this initially for patrons is that the man had a stroke. He had a stroke that he says will not end his campaign. However, while his campaign will have an election night party in Pittsburgh, which is where he's from, north of Pittsburgh, he will not be there. In fact, he remains in the hospital. There is no doubt that this kind of development, if it had happened a week, two weeks earlier, would have majorly shaken up this campaign because Connor Lamb likely would have, you know, after all due uh, uh, respect for the man's medical condition, there would have been pressure by some folks, especially higher up in the Democratic Party that might like Lamb more than Fetterman, to say maybe Fetterman should step aside because regardless of what he says, his prognosis is he is one stroke away from serious, serious problems, obviously. So there we go. Those are the two things that happened since everything else is up to date and nothing has really changed in my predictions that I make at the end. So with uh, all that in the ether enjoy the show the following is brought to you by will harris dustin campbell daily tech news show andy beach nick wood and craig
I think we're gonna begin our coverage here. Uh, uh, what a total cluster. Sweet mother of pearl. Uh, uh, where, where do we even start? Right now I am recording this while driving up to Bucks County, Pennsylvania, where I was supposed to see Kathy Barnett and Doug Mastriano. Uh, Barnett, now among the leaders, frontrunners in the GOP primary for Senate, and Mastriano, now the unquestioned frontrunner. And it was going to be an even spicier moment uh, because he had just been endorsed by Donald Trump. So a funny thing happened on the way to the event. Number one, uh, just an absolute hellhole of trying to get a rental car. I, 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 this was going to be a, uh, a, a tight, tight uh, window anyway. Delayed so much because of the, the rental car situation has, has made it. So if I get there... I would have only really caught the end, presuming everything started on time, which, you know, never happens in the world of politics. But even then, I'm not going to see anything because press is being barred from this event. This event that is being billed as the last campaign event of Kathy Barnett's campaign. Don't know why nothing's happening Tomorrow, don't know why nothing's happening Monday, but this is supposed to be it. She's the, I mean, among the frontrunners now, and nobody's being allowed in. In fact, the thing that's really killing me, it is ripping uh, uh, my my soul from my body, is that the person in charge of barring the press from entering uh, is a man in a tricorder hat. And, like... For the love of... You guys know. You guys know me. If there's anything that I would want more is to be denied entry to a campaign event by a very stern man, a very serious man in a tricorder hat. Uh, so I'm sitting in traffic now. I am on my way there. We will be there for something. Uh, uh, I will definitely be getting lunch <laughs> in Bucks County so we could get some local flavor. But uh, uh, this trip... From the jump has been snake bit. There are no publicly listed Dr. Oz events. There are no publicly listed Dave McCormick events. So this was going to be my only look for sure, right? Unless something pops up last minute into those can't the, those those this race, which we've covered a lot, uh, and now that's being denied. Both by travel snafus And by the Barnett and Mastriano campaign Oh, Hachi Machi We will go up to Scranton, PA Home of uh, Joe Biden And uh, uh, go try to see Fetterman the The other side of this race On the Democratic side He is in a blowout with um With Connor Lamb the, the one-time savior of the uh, Democratic Party in Pennsylvania. So we'll, we'll see some kind of politics. We're not going to see anything about the race we care about because apparently they, like Chick-fil-A, are closed on Sunday and nothing's happening. I mean, like, for the amount of money that's going into this race, just for Oz and McCormick alone, $50 million dollars. 
in, in advertising. That's not even a campaign expenses. And they don't have a big old blowout on a Saturday night in, in the Philly area, in the Pittsburgh area. I mean, hell, I was going to go to Pittsburgh. I guess there is a thing tonight for McCormick. He's appearing at the GOP conference in Erie, Pennsylvania. So that was the choice I had to make. Did I come out here for the Barnett event or did I go to Erie for the McCormick event? Uh, and I chose the Barnett event. Oh, my word. All right. There we go. Welcome to the show. It's about individual freedom and choice. Unlike the Democrat policy to keep people in bondage and chains. We are here live in the Doug Mastriano uh, so Barnett event. I'm going to tell the story afterward, but uh, we have missed Kathy Barnett. Uh, but we've made it in. We've made it in, despite the fact that all official press is barred. I might be the only person that's <laughs> literally here to cover this. It's pretty amazing. We were already there. You know, it doesn't matter how you start the race. It matters more how you finish a race. Let's finish really strong here and show this establishment that. And a government of the people, by the po- and for the people, will be restored to this nation. We are the Keystone State. We are the natural leader of this nation here. So as I wrap it up here, reflecting on the past week, I should reflect upon the past two years here when we were shut down and the hope was ripped away and we had those fireside chats trying to figure out what was going on and how do we maneuver through this bureaucracy and the hopelessness and being deemed non-essential, so and what an insult. Everyone in this room here is essential, and every job is essential. I disagree violently with Tommy the Wolf and Little Josh. If you want more of the wolf, Wolf's reign of terror, then get behind Josh Shapiro. But you know what? They're gonna be shocked because he's gonna lose so bad, we're gonna smoke him like a bad cigar. <laughs> to Mike Lang, famed Penguins broadcaster. Smoke him like a bad cigar. His party has gone so extreme left and they left so many Democrats who believe many of the same things as we do behind. And they're looking around at what happened to my party, the party of my grandparents and my, and my parents. Their party's gone to AOC. Yeah, and the squad. They want to tax you to oblivion. They're okay with this, this expensive fuel tax here. They want you, and inflation, they're okay with that. They want us to live like serfs. It's going to cost you $4,000 a year now to live like you did last year because of buy inflation and, and energy costs. You know, I know. How do we do it? You know, pet governors, we saw the difference a governor can make. Where's my friends from Erie back there again? Erie, PA. Okay. Man, I, I respect you guys. Those winters over there are long and painful. 20 feet of snow every year or something. <laughs> and I, I hate the winter, I gotta be honest with you. And I'm, I'm, I'm like in the warmest part of Pennsylvania down here, with whining complain about it. And, uh, but you know it's bad for Doug Mastriano in South Dakota, looks like a good uh, alternative, right? Really, I'm telling you. What a difference a good governor can make. Just somebody's little courage. You know, Ron DeSantis, you think he's good? Amateur in the Mastriano. Oh, wow. Big cheer for, uh... Ron DeSantis here. This is his crowd, though. When we have many things here. We have a beautiful history. We're the founding location of the nation here. But God has put underneath our feet, uh, underneath our feet a path that he always says a gold mine. We're walking on a gold mine. 
but Tom Wolf doesn't want us to touch that gold mine. So under Master Trianor, eight years of regulations from Tom and the Wolf, done. We're going to rescind his order to close down lands. We're going to open up the, these opportunities here to develop energy. What's the so what for you? The so what is, is we're going to drive down energy costs, and billions of dollars of money will come to Pennsylvania rather than to Russia. You believe that? We're going to Russia. Old Vladimir Putin, and Taylor. And Pennsylvania money being used to uh, enrich his, his coffers so he can wage war against the Ukrainian people. We need to get off of Russian oil and gas, period. Democrats want us on Russian oil and gas. Just sick people. We're going to build a, a modernized, liquefied natural gas terminal off of Philadelphia and off of Erie. We're going to ship our stuff. Oh, we're going to do it. We're going to do it. I'll be governor, and we'll be doing this here. We're going to make it happen. You don't need the United States Army in any of the services. If you don't deliver results, you're gone, right? It's up, up or out. And so we're going to deliver results. We're not here to play games. You know, after the abuse Rebbe and I have taken and the threats and death threats from these communist left-wingers here, we're going to move decisively. We're going to return power to the people. And if you want someone that's going to defend you, every life matters. The whole Roe v. Wade thing, started in 1973. There is nothing extreme about my policies on life. When, set, when uh, Roe, v. Wade was, Roe v. Wade came into uh, fruition, that's 50-year-old science. They, had, they did not have 3D and 4D technology to see that baby sucking the thumb in a few weeks, a heartbeat in three to five weeks and all that. They had no idea. Now we know we're science deniers. This, the Democrats will say, follow the science when they want to oppress you and shut you up. But it's really about science. They want to ignore it. Every baby deserves the right to live. If you want the plague of abortion to go radical like it has in New York and like it was going on in Virginia, in California, Colorado, where they even talk about killing babies in a birth canal and after, Josh Shapiro would do that. That, that. That's the kind of stuff that happened in the 1940s in Nazi Germany. I say not on my watch, not in Pennsylvania. We're going to defend every life, no matter how young or how old. This is an adorable so, crowd. I gotta do this. I'm a historian. I know you guys hear it every single time. Let's remember who we are. 1682, William Penn. 11 years after his third jail time for his faith. He belonged to the wrong church, had along political ideas. Sounds like America that we're headed that way. You know, you're a domestic terrorist if you go to a, a school board meeting and speak your mind. You get arrested if you're the father of a girl that was raped by a guy who said he was a girl in a, fem in a female bathroom in Virginia, in Loudoun County. Hell no in Pennsylvania. There you go, man. Long-term listeners. We've been following all of these races. William Penn found our state. He wanted to be the seed of the nation, really light of, of the world. The, the holy experiment, an example to the nations. I mean, what an honor to have you know, brothers and sisters from Pakistan and elsewhere here, South Africa, the four corners of the world here, Pennsylvania. And so when William Penn prophesied that we'd be the seed of the nation, it happened not too long after his death in 1776 in the city he founded called Philadelphia. The light of liberty was lit, and it changed history. Anybody around the world that loves history there can thank Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Pennsylvania leading the way, the Keystone State. The foundation point of our nation. The struggle for freedom, though, 
Benjamin Franklin said we have a republic if you can keep it. A republic if you can keep it. We have to keep this republic. Abraham Lincoln reminded us in Gettysburg after that terrible battle on the 1st, 2nd, and 3rd of July, 1863, where he talked about in his speech four score and seven years ago, 87 years, 1776, a new birth of freedom. And then he goes on talking about the sacrifice in Gettysburg, and he goes, rather, rather, it is up to us, the living, to attend to that unfinished work. A Republican may keep it, attend to this unfinished work. We're not done yet. We're not done. And then if that's not enough for you, if that's not enough, on that awful day, 9-11-2001, three planes have crashed, one to the Pentagon, uh, each into the Twin Towers, uh, Flight 93, unaccounted for, terrorists have it, and the Todd Beamer from Cranbury, New Jersey, and many other men, uh, men and women on that plane, about 40, had to make a decision. And instead of standing aside, they set an example. Everyone on that plane, of course, lost their lives in Somerset County, Pennsylvania. They're Pennsylvanians. They're amongst us. And we know Todd Beaver's last words after praying the Lord's Prayer. Let's roll. Pennsylvania, this is our day. This is our hour. This is our year. Let's roll. Standing ovation. For... Vote for Doug, the chant, Doug Mastriano, the now Trump-endorsed gubernatorial candidate. And there we go. We made it. <laughs> we were late. We missed one of the candidates. But we are now the exclusive uh, coverage of this event. <laughs> Life. <laughs> oh, my God. Okay, so uh, uh, I show up to this event about 40 minutes after its list time is supposed to be over, right? The event is listed from 1 o'clock in the afternoon to 2 o'clock in the afternoon, and I've confirmed with the people there with, with the Mastriano campaign. This is indeed the last campaign for both Mastriano and for Barnett. I don't know why they've decided to end their campaign on a Saturday afternoon and not a Saturday night, not a Sunday night, not a Monday night. The election is on Tuesday. That is their decision. This was it. This was uh, 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 the last gasp. I get there 40 minutes late because of the stuff that I talked about before while I was driving. It looks like the event is either ongoing or, or totally done. But there's still security out front. So I walk up with my stuff and I ask, uh, hey, is uh, the event still going on? And they go, yeah. Who are you with? And I go, uh, well, I do a podcast. It's an independent podcast. And he goes, huh. Huh. Let me ask. I'm like, okay. He's like, yeah, it's just a little tricky because uh, we're not letting in the press. And I'm like, Okay. But I'm going to ask. And I'm like, okay. Because, you know, I, I don't consider podcasts like the real press. <laughs> oh, my 
God. And I'm like, yep, you're right. We suck. <laughs> but no, that was a plus. It was a plus for him. It was a plus for him. And I got in. Literally everybody else. Everybody else. Uh, 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 Acosta from uh, uh, CBS had to get a, a note from the uh, uh, facility saying that the Mastriano campaign had the right to keep them out. But the only people that uh, that I saw uh, uh, with with any recording equipment was me. In fact, the moment I pulled out my mic and I started assembling everything so I could get the sound, Doug Mastriano had literally just got on stage. I was descended upon by uh, uh, security. They were like right on top of me. And thankfully, I had gotten cleared by... Uh, I'd gotten cleared by the, the the guy up front because somebody in, you know, in the campaign knew that I was allowed to be there, but I was immediately uh, uh, put upon. So anybody who tried to sneak in and 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 do it, like they were on the hunt for it. But there we go. Uh, 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 it was it was a wild and woolly day. Woke up at five thirty in the morning. No, earlier than that. Flight was at 5.30. Woke up at 4.20 in the morning. F- through, uh, flew from Austin to St. Louis. St. Louis to Philadelphia. Waited uh, uh, 20 minutes in a line for a rental car at Thrifty. Waited another 30 minutes in a line for a rental car at Budget. I uh, This is the most expensive, least rewarding <laughs> a PX3 road trip ever. I can tell you that depending on, on whatever uh, we get from here. But we were, me and you, were the only press allowed in that event. Everybody else in the rain. In the rain. <laughs> All right. We are in Scranton, Pennsylvania. Not a joke. Not a joke. The hometown of Joe Biden came in here on President Biden Expressway. Uh, Going to get a early night's sleep up uh, tomorrow to see John Fetterman. He is the far and away leader for the Democratic nomination for Senate. Um, but before I, I wrap up for today, I got so caught up in and what a silly story <laughs> surrounded that Barnett Mastriano event that I, I wanted to give or just put on the record my my thoughts. Uh, bummed that I did not get to see Barnett. Let me say that. I, I think that uh, uh, part of the reason why I came out here was to see Barnett. That's why I changed my flight. I had a shot to either see McCormick in... Erie or Barnett here, and and she was who I wanted to see. That being said, seeing Mastriano, I got to say, I get it. I get why he is right now leading. I get why he got the Trump endorsement. He clicks with the audience. He's got a natural command on stage, and he's got that little bit of uniqueness that I think is very valuable in a modern Republican politician, you know, uh, uh, and, and I suspect I'm probably going to see some of the same kind of stuff with Fetterman who very much has his own vibe. But I think 
in terms of the meta politically that we are still in this reaction to everybody believing Obama was the formula or that the statesman was the formula. You know, I think Obama running against Mitt Romney was in many ways the end of that kind of race. That the smooth young technocrat or the statesman who's seen it all and is now ready to apply all of his experience is out of favor, replaced by some of the more rough around the edges, impromptu uh, kind of presentation. So with Mastriano, obviously, look, your talking points are going to be your talking points. He's pro-life. He's for fracking. He's against the lockdowns. The Democrats are communists, blah, 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 blah. But he has this this weird historical thing. So he's never more than five minutes away from a a history lesson. And for those of you that listen to our stuff from Ohio, where you heard General Michael Flynn kind of repeatedly veer into this like, uh, well, you know, the founders and blah, blah, blah. Mastriano came at it with a little bit more of a pen point. And I, uh, <laughs> in this case, I would mean P E N N point because a lot of it was Pennsylvania history, uh, a perspective to it. And I think that that lends an air of, MAGA intellectual like he is like kind of in in that lane of like study the history and all of this makes sense now when I say I get it I get why he has the kind of audience that he has he obviously has more extreme positions on January 6th than a bunch of other stuff but I think he's going to win this nomination And if and when he does, I do think he will be more formidable than some folks think. You know, there's a lot of polling that was flying around today for both Barnett and Mastriano that they are dead in the water uh, general election candidates. And again, I wish I was able to see Barnett. If if this rental car thing had not been a total disaster, I might have been able to do it. Although I don't know whether or not I would have been let in with the whole media thing. Anyway, we got what we got. That's what matters. I th- just watching that. Right. And, and again, this was a confident campaign. You guys know I always look around and I'm, I'm sensing the vibes of the, the, the campaigns of the candidate. Very confident. Very confident. They were in a very ornate space and they had total control over it to the point where they could deny national media and nobody said boo, including the fact that CBS's uh, uh, reporter Costa got a letter from the owner of the building saying that the Mastriano campaign had total control over their security. So with that being said, I am I am here to say that Mastriano is a candidate for which is does not come off as much of a crank as the media coverage of him says that he is. I'm not saying that he is or is not a crank. I'm just saying that if it's less than the average 
And what I saw was a very confident candidate who was in full control of that audience that if he sticks to the issues that Republicans can win on, then he will be a very, I think he'll be a viable candidate. Now, whether or not he'll win, who knows? I don't know. I, I do not know enough about Pennsylvania politics to know that for sure. But I'll say this. Him and Kathy Barnett, who have basically been campaigning as a, as, as a double act this entire time, have effectively upended both of their races by way of a very, very, very intense fandom. They got support. Can they widen that base? And can they make the Democrat across from them uh, feel like they are, are dangerous or out of step with independent voters? That remains to be seen. But I did want to get down on tape that I, I got, I grokked Mastriano in, in the, the little bit that I saw of him. Okay. Go to sleep. Wake up early. Fetterman tomorrow. Um, we are grateful that all of you came today, and we're so sorry that the uh, lieutenant governor couldn't be here. He was not feeling well, and he just went to get checked out, and he's resting. Um, but, you know, we really appreciate all of the support that we have in this room, and um, we appreciate your understanding. Um, you've all just been so gracious um, with the circumstances. So thank you for that. Um, I'm Elizabeth, this is Jordan Rogers, he is also on our campaign team, um, and Luke over there as well. Um, but we just generally are thankful for you all, and Jordan's just going to say a couple words about John. Um, but that's, you know, pretty much it. Please eat as many donuts as possible, um, and have some juice and coffee, and just um, enjoy being in the company of fellow Democrats. So. Well, uh, that is what it sounded like. Uh, John Fetterman, the lieutenant governor of Pennsylvania and the all but assured Democratic nominee for Senate, no showed. Uh, he is sick. And so his Scranton event, along with all the rest of his events for today, have been scrapped. I don't think it will necessarily matter much in this particular race. However, uh, you know, obviously he's got a, a, a tough run in the general, no matter who he is matching up against, Barnett, McCormick, or Dr. Oz, considering the generic favorables and unfavorables. Let me then take this moment to explain to you the 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 charming nature of 
Scranton politics uh, because I, I wound up having a great conversation with a, a veteran of this game by the name of... Jim Connors. Uh, he is the former mayor of Scranton. Uh, and boy, did he have all sorts of old stories to tell about being a delegate for Joe Biden and, uh, uh, you know, some <laughs> inside uh, uh, the Pennsylvania Department of Transportation stories about how he made one call to a guy at PennDOT and his friend's jazz club's parking lot was able to stay open during construction. Uh, a, a, a charming, charming, charming uh, uh, breakfast, but... Uh, no FaceTime with the candidate himself. I, I will say that if we are judging the, we are often judging the staff, right? We're judging the staff uh, uh, just as much as we are judging the candidate. Hard to judge the the mood of the staff when they obviously are, are having to play cleanup for a bunch of people leaving their houses and coming out at nine o'clock in the morning and not getting what was advertised. Uh, apparently, this cancellation came very late in 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 the game, but uh, they uh, they they seem relaxed. They seem you know like like they they feel like they are on the winning team. At least if I am just going to sniff sniff the air for vibes, my CIA level vibe sommelier personality could sniff that there was there was confidence. In the air. So there we go. <laughs> a changed flight. Uh, uh, two rental cars. So we could get about 15 minutes of one candidate in a race that we haven't really covered. But still, we beat out CBS. We talked to the Tri-Corner Hat guy. Oh, oh, one last thing on that Tri-Corner Hat guy. So uh, since uh, you've heard the part of this program that was recorded before uh, last night, uh, we were written up in Mediaite as uh, Mediaite wrote up the whole not being able to get into the campaign event thing. They did correctly say that there was mem one member of the media who was able to get in. And it was me. Uh, what I will add to that report is that I did speak to the dude in the tri-corner hat. Uh, and I told him he was Twitter famous. And his response was, oh, man, really? And that was it. Exclusive. Must credit PX3. My final thoughts at the airport. I'll give them to you then. Hello and welcome to the uh, Philadelphia airport. This is our, our wrap up here for what was a fairly fruitless trip. <laughs> you know, uh, my goal whenever I do one of these is to see all the candidates that I desperately want to see. And if I were to make the list, I mean, I don't need to go. I'd look, you guys have already heard me do it. I guess this is me kind of like low-key apologizing for seeing more people, but I'm only one man. I can only do so much. So with that being said, let's go and, and break down the, the races and we will do, you know, I guess predictions. 
So the Democrat uh, race is obviously easy. Uh, Fetterman is going to destroy Lamb. Lamb's career is over, which, of course, for a clean cut white boy in the Democratic Party means he'll be a presidential nominee in four years. Um, or maybe he'll just uh, uh, like parent trap switch with John Ossoff and no one will know the difference. It again, uh, uh, everything I said about Lamb's campaign, but I don't know a lot about it. The numbers are there. It's a wrap. As for the Republicans, I'm going to let you guys in on a little bit of my own strategy when I'm, you know, kind of diagnosing the races because I don't really do like prediction predictions, but I will kind of tell you how things sort of feel to me. I will always give the edge to the campaign that feels like to me they feel confident. I will always I will always kind of give the edge to there just because you know they know the fundamentals. There's there's a lot that goes on inside of a campaign uh, and and even whether or not they know kind of like what's going to happen if there is dysfunction then it is likely not going to be as effective of a campaign. And so if people don't know what they're doing and don't know where they're going and seem kind of slapdash and everything's uh, uh, seem sort of uh, uh, out of sorts, then I, I tend to rate it lower than one that either has momentum or even if things aren't going perfectly, they are, are loving the vibe. They're loving the energy. They're loving the crowds. The candidate's happy. The, the campaign is happy. Like I, I, I tend to reward that. I have seen no campaign on the Republican side of this primary that in any way brings me anywhere close to giving anybody that edge. You know, the person that you would think would have the most momentum is Kathy Barnett, and she stopped campaigning on Saturday afternoon. You know, no one last thing, you know, in her hometown or or something like that. Nope, that was it. I think we're looking at three campaigns that are kind of scared of their shadow. And I think they all think it's going to be a low turnout election. I think they all have their rationales on why they believe they're going to win. McCormick has not faded in the polls in the way that Josh Mandel did after the Trump endorsement. I think he looks at Dr. Oz as his chief, uh, his, his chief rival because they both spent the most money on ads. And I think he looks at his uh, approvals and says, you want to know what? The more people have seen of me and Oz and we have done nothing but punch each other this entire process, the more people tend to like me and the less people tend to like him. And so if that's the case, I have spent $50 million worth of, uh, you know, the ads on this and I believe I'm going to win. I think Kathy Barnett says, hey, I am going to be the beneficiary of the down ballot uh, coattails of Doug Mastriano. Doug Mastriano is going to be the GOP nominee for governor. And if that's the case, then Kathy Barnett is going to do really, really well. They have effectively campaigned as a duo this entire time. Which brings us to Dr. Oz. Dr. Oz says, no matter what you guys have to say, no matter what you guys believe the grassroots of this party, 
uh, uh, that, that they don't like me or they don't trust me, blah, blah, blah. Here's something that I have that none of you guys do. Over 10 years on television. And if it's a low turnout election, then I am going to rely on the fact that I have pulled ahead of both of you and I have the highest name recognition. Looking at all those rationales, the one that I would give the slight edge to is Dr. Oz. I did not see a ton of uh, signage for this election while I was driving around Pennsylvania between Philadelphia and Scranton. I, you know, there there were hardcores there for Burnett and uh, Mastriano, but it was not a gigantic thing. It wasn't like a, a you know, the kind of outpouring that we saw with Glenn Youngkin in Virginia. It it wasn't you know anywhere close to a a a Trump rally or anything like that. It was just a good crowd, and so if it's low turnout. I'm going to give the odds to the guy with the highest name recognition. And that's Dr. Oz right now. So there we go. The Pennsylvania elections, uh, they're happening. And now, you know, a little bit more about it. Uh, that wraps it up for this preview. We will come back with part two on Tuesday night slash Wednesday morning to tell you the results of this and the other primaries that are happening. Until next time, this is your old pal Justin Robert Young saying uh, some shows talk about politics, others talk about politics, and still more discuss politics, but this is the only show that dares discuss all three. you have enjoyed this program. <laughs> Dog and Pony Show Audio.